All right. Welcome back. Purple Ace Podcast, Episode 9. Uh, I am here. This is Josh along with Jake. Jake, what's going on, man? Nothing much, man. Just chilling and gearing up. Finals week coming up. A lot of, you know, so there's a lot going on there. And then there's a lot going on with ECU sports. We have the bowl game coming up. And then we actually get a little break, I guess, for finals. But then we got a huge basketball game uh, with Liberty coming up. So that's the next one. Um, so, yeah, just feeling good. Feeling really good about where we're at right now with football and basketball. It's an exciting time, finally. Yeah. We've <laughs> been starved for this. I mean, we're getting a, we're getting bowl season along with uh, a basketball team that, look, you know, eight and two is eight and two. It's playing pretty – played a really good game. Uh, we'll get into that later. But um, just fun time being an ECU fan. It's not even baseball season and we're able to celebrate success. So, yeah. it's been a while since that's been the case. Um. Yeah, if you don't uh, follow us already on uh, Instagram and Twitter, on Instagram we're at Purple Haze Podcast. On Twitter it's at Purple Haze Pod. Um, follow us. We uh, interact with you guys a lot. It's awesome. Um, and yeah, I mean, outside of that, we can we can get ready to dive right in. Today is going to be uh, an episode where we have uh, multiple segments. So it's going to be football, basketball, like it has been. Um, early on, we're going to talk about the bowl game. We're going to talk about Boston College, obviously. Um, a big dive into their team. We're excited about that. Um, been a lot of football-related news um, for the Pirates uh, since that last game against Cincinnati, since our last podcast. So we'll be um, touching on a lot of that stuff that you guys might have questions about. We'll give you our takes on it. And then we'll have a segment at the end on uh, the basketball team and uh, where we think they're at right now, where we think we're they're going. And uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. This is going to be a fun one. So, um, yeah, the, the first segment that I had, Jake, was uh, the bowl game preview. Um, and when I was researching a lot on Boston College, because obviously it was a little bit of a pivot. Most of us, both of us included, were expecting Virginia Tech. Yeah. Most fans were. Um, it, it was a little bit of a pivot when we got Boston College announced uh, had to do a lot of research on a team that I really hadn't watched much at all this year. Um, and when I was doing that and digging through the numbers and looking at the leaders and how they rank up against the rest of their conference and statistically, um, I got a lot of I got a lot of information on them that we're going to go over. But I, I didn't have anything really prepared to talk about us. And being that our last podcast, um, you know, we didn't we didn't really get a chance to break down as much on the you know the end of the season i wanted to i wanted to give some of the guys a shout out um i hadn't planned on doing this but i, I figured we could I, I just want to throw out some numbers that i got in front of me keaton mitchell ended the regular season with over 1100 yards rushing um th- that's just that's such a such an amazing feat yeah um, for a guy that's in a dual back system who um coming in was probably thought to by most to be you know, it, it was a dual back system, but he was probably thought to be, and rightfully so, to be the change of pace back in that system. To then come in, um, you know, average six and a half yards a carry, get nine touchdowns and over 1,100 yards just rushing. I mean, what a feat from him. First time that's been done in a while at ECU, and I just wanted to give him a shout out for that. Um, uh, another one real quick, Holton, passing yards, got over 3,000 on the year, 3,100. 
Um, I believe it's hard when you when you look back at the stats for the conference on the year because now that we've had the conference championship game, um, the stats have been skewed a little bit. But I believe that he was he would be third for the regular season in the conference with that with that number because Desmond Ritter right now sits at thirty one ninety and Clayton Tune at thirty two sixty three. But I believe that that's factoring in their um, championship games. Yeah. Um, so huge shout out to Holton. Um, you know, we're going to talk more about how these guys match up with Boston College later. But right now, I just want to give him a shout. And shout out to Sneed for really coming on late in the year. Ended up with 855 receiving yards in the regular season. Um, Jaquan McMillan uh, led the conference with five interceptions. Also had the, you know, most pass passes the defended um, in the conference with 15. Uh, just got announced today. He got uh, second team. Uh, All-American, not American Conference, All-American, the entire NCAA on the athletic, which me and Jake feel is the most credible uh, major sports uh, news outlet. We're both subscribers to that. Um, So just just wanted to give some of those shout-outs, Jake. Um, I'm sure sure you do too on on those guys. I was just thinking about that. I know it's not in any of the notes or anything today that we talked about coming in, but I just just was looking at the numbers and pulled those guys up and wanted to give them a shout-out. Since the regular season's concluded – conference championships concluded and we were you know getting ready to talk a whole bunch on boston college's guys seasons up to this point i felt it was fair to um to give our guys a shout out and, and many more than i than i just listed but man what a year from those guys yeah yeah like you said um you know there's it's it, it, it's been a while since uh we've had an ecu team that's this good um and has had this many players and there's a million guys you can name uh, that really stepped up this year uh, some guys you didn't just name, um, like, like Ryan Jones, um, mm-hmm. and, and guys like that. But, but like you said, those those four right there, um, you know, what, what an incredible year from them, and especially the way they came along, like Snead and Holden at the end um, of the year. You know, when it mattered most, those guys showed out uh, like they always do. So, yeah, just like you said, I mean, what a, what a year! Uh, you know, it's not over yet, but it's been a great year. Uh, seven and five right now could be could have more wins, but. At this point, I don't really care about that um, anymore. You know, uh, in, in the moment, uh, I want to see us win those close games that, that I think that we're the better team. But uh, just the growth that this team's had, um, you know, just, just happy with the way they played, happy with the way those guys have stepped up. But, yeah, those guys uh, that you named, I mean, it was just crazy what they were able to do this year. Yeah, super, super proud of those guys, super proud of this program and what Mike Houston's been able to do and, and we'll talk more on that later. But all right, we got that out of the way. Um, Pat, our guys on the back. Let's get into the bowl game preview. Military bowl. Um, we called that. <laughs> yeah. we, we, we released that before anybody else did. Just going to give ourselves a shout out. Half of our info was right. Um, the other part of our prediction didn't come true. We we're ch- kind of trying to will the Virginia Tech um, prediction into existence. Really wanted that game. Um, didn't get it. Virginia Tech lives to see another day but um we get boston college in the military bowl uh, i believe that's december 27th at 2 30 2 30 kickoff yeah it's at 2 30 2 30 kickoff on espn <clears throat> uh, me and jake will be there got our tickets i'm super excited we're, all we got to do now is work out where we're going to sleep that night <laughs> um but super excited I, I we've talked about it at nauseum how uh how much we love this game for the pirates and and, uh, you know, while Boston College may not be the team that a lot of people were wanting to be uh, the matchup, I think that it is um, still 
a super exciting game and a good test for the Pirates, this young Pirates team. Um, and look, Boston College is still in the ACC, and they still they still carry that quote unquote Power Five aura. So it still is a uh, it would be a really good notch in the belt to get a win over these guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a really solid Boston College team, um, and and we'll dive into them specifically here in a little bit. But um, yeah, obviously, like Josh said, we wanted to get Virginia Tech in this game. It didn't end up happening, but this is still a game to be super excited about. Yeah, they they've dealt with a lot this year. Um, yeah, that too. I think I think they're better than their record shows for sure. And absolutely. so are, I mean, so are we. So there's a lot of there's there's a lot of similarities, honestly, between us and them. Yeah, there like. is. And um, you know, we're gonna get to see. They're only going to benefit, like anybody will, but especially a team like that who's dealt with the injuries and dealt with the flu bug that they had go through the locker room. Mm-hmm. They're only gonna benefit from this month off leading up to the game. So. Um, I expect a good test, and I'm excited for that. I'm excited yeah. for that. Um, you know, you want them at their best. Um, Boston College six and six on the year, two and six in the ACC. Nothing super impressive there. Um, I think the two teams that they have wins over that are bowl eligible are Virginia Tech, who we saw um, clinch their bowl eligibility in a nail biter at the end of the year versus UVA, and uh, Mizzou in non-conference play early on. They won that by a touchdown. Handle Virginia Tech, of course. It was when Virginia Tech was at its very bottom on the season so far, a few weeks back, about a month month ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not super impressive. The only mutual opponent we have is Temple. They played them early on in the year and blew them out, twenty eight to three. You know, people people want to look into that game and and you know, I I can't uh, correct me if you if you found anything. I mean, I can't really find anything useful from that game. A bad Temple team got yeah. handled by Boston College. Um, you know, and we also handled a bad Temple team. So yeah, yeah. There's not there's not too much to look into there. I mean, that's just you know solid solid teams beating up on a really bad one. So exactly, yeah. Um, so we we we're not really going to talk about that game too much. We don't really, especially since it happened early on in the season. We played Temple later. There's just not a, a lot to break down. It would be nice if we had a more quality opponent. Um, you know, not to just sit here and crap on Temple, but it's, a, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're not going to talk about that too much. Let's let's dive in right now um, to the team stats for Boston College on the year. I thought this was interesting. Um, in yards per game, they are last in the ACC. Uh, 350 yards per game, not really what you would call an explosive offense. Like we said, um, Teams dealt with a lot of injuries. They were missing their quarterback uh, for a good chunk of the year, right in the middle of the season, Phil uh, Yurkovich. Um, but nonetheless, still were uh, you know, only able to put up 350 yards per game, and that was last in their conference. Um, in, uh, let's see, rushing, rushing, they were uh, ran for 165 yards a game. I believe that is. Do I have that right? Let me pull yeah. this up. This one's that right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, which was good for ninth in the conference, uh, nine of fourteen. Um, let me pull up the rest of these stats here. Of course, my computer's bugging <laughs> out, but um, yeah. defensively, we'll jump over to defense. They were fourth in uh, yards per game. Um, gave up three hundred and forty-four. Um. Fourth in yards per game, of course, going from bottom up. So that's actually not very bad. And I think the ACC has 14 teams. So 
Um, first in uh, passing yards. This is, of course, defensively. So they only allowed 173 passing yards a game. That's kind of insane. Yeah, that's really impressive. Um, that could that could prove to be problematic. We'll break it down here in a second. Uh, tenth in rushing yards, though. Uh, did allow 170 yards per game on the ground uh, and had 21 sacks on the year. Um, you know, not terrible, but but nothing really dominating there. Jake, um, we'll start with the how we how we um, match up versus that defense. Or just what are your thoughts on the defense uh, of Boston College? Um, I think that that's really what they. It, it, this hasn't really been a year to remember for them. But if there was something to hang their hat on, I do think they had some impressive defensive numbers. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, just like you said. I mean, their defense is pretty pretty solid. Um, especially their pass defense, uh, it's really good. They got some from 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 my research. I think their strength really comes from their linebackers. Um, they got a few good linebackers, including uh, Cam Arnold, who's their leading tackler with 61 on the year. Um, but yeah, they they have a pretty solid defense all around. Their rush defense isn't necessarily the best, uh, but th- but they're going to play well. Um, so that's interesting because um, I I think we have a, a good offense. Uh, and they have a good defense, but I, I think we also have a good defense and they don't have a very good offense. So, um, mm-hmm. but it's tough. I mean, it, it, that, that, uh, that 170 yards passing yards per game, uh, that they're giving up, that is a daunting number to see. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure, uh, you know, that's not, not, not exactly what Donnie wanted to see looking out, but yeah. Yeah. Um, defensively, they, they, this team, this team has really, really, really been impressive. Um, versus the pass, um, I, that was that was probably the biggest shock to me um, when I was looking up these guys. If anything, I was just expecting. Look, you hear Boston College, you think gritty. You know they're a, a conservative team offensively. Um, they put a lot of emphasis in the trenches. I thought, if anything, when I was looking up their numbers on the year, that they were going to be really successful against the run and have little success against the pass. But they are leading their conference. By a healthy margin, 173 passing yards given up a game. Uh, that's crazy, man. That, yeah. that that's crazy. And the the closest behind him is Syracuse, which is also kind of weird. But 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 they're over 200. So I mean, y- you don't get that number from a couple of big games. They they really have played well in that in that area of the field. Um, like we said, rushing defense, 170 yards per game. That's where I think that you're going to look uh, and see ECU trying to attack and exploit. Um, that was uh, ninth in the, out of 14th in the conference, so not really impressive on that front. Um, and and they've given up 24.7 points per game as a defense, which is 12th in the conference. Um, or I'm sorry, that was – that's that how much offense. they that, – yeah, that's their offense. Yeah, that was offensively. That's how much they score. Um, so, I'll use that blunder as a segue into the offense. They've scored 24 points per game offensively, 12th in the conference. Um, they've ran for 165.6 rushing yards per game. Um, that is ninth in the conference. Okay, so I had it backwards before. Ninth in the conference. And they have thrown uh, for 184 um, – do I have those backwards too? They've thrown for 184.8 passing yards per game. That is the third worst in the conference. Okay. Yeah. So I had those. Yeah, I was gonna yeah, say so that. That has to be. Yeah. Yeah. That's the ACC, I, I mean, don't know how is that even. How is that even third to last in the conference? That is. That's yeah. I don't. I don't understand because ACC, you know, is a really high high scoring conference. So I feel like a lot of those teams have pretty high power quarterbacks. That's weird. Yeah. Um. 
yeah, I was a little bit confused by that one when I saw that. I mean, UVA is up there at almost 400 yards passing a game. Up yeah. there, you got Pitt, obviously, at like 350. Miami, you got four teams over 300 passing yards a game. NC mm-hmm. State's not far behind at 288. And then down at the bottom, I mean, my goodness, if some of these teams struggle to throw the ball. Yeah. Uh, Boston College being one of them, though. Now, I will say they did not have their quarterback um, and their backup quarterback, Russell, I think was his last name, was not impressive really at all Yeah. Um, on that front. So, yeah, but um, even even though Yurkovich has been back, they still haven't really been able to get that pass game going. Like we said, rushing ninth in the conference. Uh, getting 165 yards a game. So offensively, there's a lot uh, left to be desired from this team. But like I said, they do have um, talent that we're about to get into the individual players. And um, they're going to have a month break to get um, rested and prepared for this game, which that that team desperately needs. Yeah. Let's, um, before before I get any more stats jumbled up in my head, let's go ahead and just jump into, um, the individual players, they had, I, I think it was five guys get all ACC selections. Uh, first team all ACC, Zion Johnson, lineman, interior lineman. Alec Lindstrom, lineman, interior lineman. Um, second team all ACC, they had Christian Mahogany, lineman, interior lineman. Pat Garwell, running back. And then Josh um, Dayberry, who's a, a slot corner, I believe, um, who is coming off an injury as well. Uh, what stands out to you there, Jake? Uh, from those five all ACC team selections, what is this team going to try and do? They're just going to try to pound the ball like they have forever. <laughs> the same, the same style of football Boston College has always played. Um, and you know what? Uh, that's that's just interesting. When I think of Boston College, I think of you know, big, strong, power rushing team with a, a lot of strong linemen, and that's exactly what they are. Um, so not, nothing's really changed there. Um, yeah, they they that was that was. Not exactly what I wanted to see. We're no, that's, really that's big... super impressive. <laughs> three, We're going to need off. a big day from yeah. our interior defensive linemen. We're going to need the young guys to step up because um, you know, we're really going to need our blitzes to get home because, my goodness, they they have the perfect back for it too. Three, yeah. three, two first-team All-ACC interior offensive linemen and their other interior offensive linemen the second-team All-ACC. And they got Pat Garwo, who's a thousand-yard rusher in himself. Um, he is a bruising back which fits perfectly in the scheme they're trying to run and with their personnel. Uh, he's averaging like five yards per carry. He, he ran for over a little, uh, a little over a thousand yards this year, seven touchdowns. Um, they're they're going to come right up the middle and they're going to come at you. Um, this team is not afraid to ground and pound you to death. And that's what they're going to look to do against us. Um, going to be some big, big matchups. One thing, Jake, and I, I want you to um, give your spill on this. I, I really didn't see, from Boston College when I was looking into the numbers. They really don't have a presence in the backfield that um, can come out and catch passes. Um, Garwo is especially not that guy. He's definitely a bruiser back. But they really don't have a guy that to come in and change the pace in that aspect through the air. Um, and I think that that is something that um, – that that's something that ECU can look to exploit um, because man, what is it killer if you're if you're getting beat up through in in the middle all day and then they also have that change of pace back who can come and really hurt you through the air. Yeah, yeah, they they definitely don't um, have a, have a running back like that. They only have one that they throw passes to, uh, really at all. And that's Travis Levy, and he's only got 16 catches for 148 yards, no touchdowns. So that. That's not a part of their scheme that they really use, which I think bodes well for us because um, we send a lot of blitzes. 
Um, and if we can get it a quarterback and he doesn't really have that running back to dump it off to, um, you know, I, I think it could be really beneficial to us um, that they don't use that. Uh, they, yeah, they, but like you said, there's really nobody there uh, that they use in that role, which is weird. I, I know that's not really their style, but you think, you think you'd see someone with a little bit more. But I guess they haven't really thrown the ball at all this year, so. Yeah, um, yeah, I guess that's right too. They they really haven't thrown the ball, haven't had an opportunity. But even the games they did, um, that's really not their style. Yeah. Um, which benefits ECU? Segwaying from their run game on offense, they now have back uh, Phil Yurkovich. Uh, he's a QB. He's a Notre Dame transfer. He's a big, strong QB, um, and he he's really talented. Um, yeah, he, he really is. Uh, he's probably he, he was. He's probably looking at next year, if all goes well, he can avoid injury, um, ending up in the league in a mid to late round, you know, selection, um, you know, if he's able to put together a solid year. He's got a really he, – he's got a strong arm downfield. Um, and it's not it's not bad. He, he He's not nearly as accurate down the field as he is on the intermediate and short routes. But um, he does have a strong arm. He can't take the top off. Um, like I said, big guy, uh, decent mobility for a big guy. Um, but – one big thing that in, in the scouting reports I was reading on him that I found was that uh, Yurkovich is susceptible to pressure. Um, he does not feel, you know, he's just one of those guys that doesn't really have a great sense of pressure. Um, and I think that that bodes really well. I think you're going to see Blake Harrell, who previously you would say, yeah, that's an easy prediction. In every game, Blake Harrell is going to bring the heat. But I, he did start to mix it up later on in the year. But I definitely think that this this is going to be a game um, where Blake Harrell brings the pressure. Yurkovich really hasn't looked that comfortable since he came back from his injury. Their passing game still has sputtered, not really been able to get going at all. And I think that that's something that Blake Harrell is going to um, look to do. I think he's going to bring a lot um, at Yurkovich. Not only that, but just keep a lot of guys loaded in the front seven too because you have to be ready for that run game. And I think you're going to see a lot of safety and um, linebacker blitzes. Yeah, no, yeah, I completely agree. Um, I really like the way that uh, Blake Harrell has he's he's become so versatile this year. I mean, his schemes for different teams, um, and I'm really excited to see what he draws up for this Boston College team. Um, and, and like you said, I think it's gonna be a lot of blitzes, a lot of safety blitzes, a lot of guys coming off the edge, and it, it's gonna be fun. I'm I'm really excited. The more the more that I think about this matchup, I'm I'm getting more and more excited for it. Yeah, I. I really like the matchup for our defense. I think, like I said, it's going to be a really big test for our guys on the D-line, especially the interior, and I think our linebackers are going to have to do a good job plugging holes. Um, but I do think that the the matchup is there, and I do think that this offense in Boston College is um, not an offense that really explodes for a lot of big plays. Um, one big play guy, uh, a guy that's certainly capable of it, that ECU does have to watch out for is Zay Flowers. Uh, he is a, he's a quick slot receiver. He's also a deep threat. Um, he's averaging 17 yards per catch. He's got 746 yards on the year. And, of course, that may not jump off the page at you. Um, but like we said, they've been playing with a backup quarterback for a lot of the year. And in, in our primarily run first team, a really heavy run first team. Um, but, yeah, 746 yards, five touchdowns, 17 yards per catch. Um this guy's talented and he can hurt you. And that is one thing um, that ECU is going to have to be weary of um, because we know we can give up the big play over the top if those blitzes don't come home and you're going against a good old line. 
Um, the strength of their O-line is in the interior, so we should be able to get home around the edges uh, and take advantage of Yurkovich's, you know, susceptibility to pressure from from that perspective. But it, it's really going to be crucial to get those blitzers home because, like I said, an easy way for ECU to get down in this game is to have um, Boston College bust our coverages, um, pick up a blitz, a blitz not get home, and then, you know, somebody be stranded, a safety be stranded trying to cover Zay Flowers because he, he'll burn them and get down the field on you. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't watched too much Boston College this year. Um, but I used to actually, for a little while in high school, I was I was, I was always an ECU fan, but if I had another team, it was Boston College. Um, so I used to watch them a lot. I don't have any love for the ACC anymore, but I, I, I still watch Boston College a little bit. Um, and that was one thing I noticed, uh, you know, basically just like you said, they don't have too much of a passing game, especially this year since their quarterback's been hurt. But he is really quick and, and can make you pay um, if you don't cover him right. That's, that's I think, going to be huge uh, yeah. for the Pirates in this one, um, avoiding giving up that big play. They're going to get yards um, through the run game, but you'll allow that slow pace attack. Just don't let them get the big play and, and try and make those big plays from a defensive perspective. If they're running the ball, but then they get into these, you know, second and long, third and long situations, don't let them take the top off you and throw for a 70-yard touchdown, you know. Um, yeah. Don't don't bring seven guys, eight guys, and nobody gets home, and you leave your secondary stranded. You, we've really got to be good um, defensively in all facets, but especially um, especially getting pressure on Yurkovich because I think that that's going to be a big key to the to the Pirates' victory in this one. I think you're going to look back on on the game afterwards, and it'll be it'll be one of two ways. It's either ECU has a disappointing loss, and you look and say, "Man, we didn't get any pressure on on Yurkovich all day," or you look at um, the stats and you see we won the turnover battle and you know we were able to get some pressures and get some sacks on Yurkovich and, and you see a, a, a solid ECU victory that's really the two ways for our defense at least that I see this game going I think it's gonna um, you know like I said I think that Garwo is gonna get his he's a really good running back and he's a bruiser running behind some really elite offensive linemen but um at the end of the day, if you can avoid giving up the big play and you can win the turnover battle and, and put this offense in passing down situations where they don't want to be, I think that that's going to be huge for ECU. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I completely agree. Um, we're going to have to, you know, just re- reiterating it, it's kind of, you know, the same thing. We're going to have to have a lot of guys step up, play play well, um, get some pressure on their good line. But uh, if we do that, um, you know, I feel pretty comfortable with this with this matchup. Yeah. Um We'll flip over the offensive side of the ball. Um, on, on our end, I, I think – and we'll start with the quarterback. Um, I think that Holton's really going to have to be smart in this one. Like I said, we got to win the turnover battle in a game like this. Um, you can really hurt a team when – if they're not a, high, a high-powered a high offense, um, winning the turnover battle is huge, man. Um, you know, just giving yourself – your offense more opportun- opportunities to score than theirs. Um, and I think that that obviously starts with Holden. He's got to be smart and avoid turning the ball over um, against this solid Boston College defense. Um, I think Holden's done a good job of that this year, even against Cincinnati. I know he threw the one pick, but uh, that's 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 an elite level defense. Um, I don't yeah. think he's going to fight. Oh, I know he's not going to see the same caliber defense against Boston College, but he's still going to see a good one. And I think Holden's really going to have to win this turnover battle. Yeah, no, he definitely is. Um, but but I feel good about it. The way the way Holden's been playing 
the the last eight games of this year. Um, he, he's shown a lot of improvement. He's shown a lot of, you know, leadership. Um, and then he's been playing really smart. Um, and, and like you said, you know, against Cincinnati, he had that one interception. But um, even then, against a, a much higher level defense than we're going to see, um, you know, I, I thought Holton played pretty well. And I, I, I don't know. I just I feel good about the way he's playing right now. I think he's going to be able to mix it up. Um, and, and I think a key is going to be that Holton needs to spread the ball around like he's been all year. Um, we can't just rely on one guy. Um, you know, Snead's got to get his, Ryan Jones. We got to get CJ involved. Um, I think getting CJ involved would be huge. Um, and then Omo's got to get some. And then, and then running the ball, too. Um, we got two great backs. And then, obviously, Holden's got some legs and some power on him. Um, just ask the Memphis linebacker about that one. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure he still remembers getting bowed over by Holden. But um, just, you know, if we diversify our attack, I think uh, it's, it can be a long day for Boston College. Yeah, couldn't have said it better myself. Even in my notes, I have the next bullet point uh, that we need to spread the ball. Spreading the ball around is going to be huge against this team. I know I butchered it, butchered it earlier. Forgive me. I wrote bad notes. Um, <laughs> but we are – our Boston College um, is the best team in the ACC against the pass. That's going to be big for Holton, man. If we can esta- – look, if you can take away a defense's best aspect or at least make it be competitive from that stance um, – then you got a really good shot. And I do think that we benefit from being an offense that has a playmakers all over the field. We've talked about that this year, um, how huge the development of Ryan Jones has been and how, how he's becoming an elite tight end in this league. Um, when CJ's on and making plays and, and audio Matosho is making plays, uh, it, not to mention that every defense coming into an ECU matchup is going to be keyed in on Tyler Sneed and how to slow him down. And Hatfield's back now too. I yeah, just, and, I didn't even think I didn't that. even think about that. Mm-hmm. And he had a touchdown against. Yeah, a big touchdown. Yeah. So I, I just think that Holton's just got to be smart, play within himself, spread the ball around, and I think that that's. Um, I, I do think that there is opportunity there through the past game, but I I think even more importantly, we're going to have to be able to run the ball. Um, in, in a game like this, you got to take points where you can get them and put together good drives where you can get them. And I think that um, Boston College has been susceptible to the run this year. Um, and that that's a really big opportunity area for us. Yeah. Yeah. It, no, it definitely is getting the run established. Um, and, and we're a great running team. You know, it, it, it's, a, it's, it's a good problem for, uh, for them to have for us. That doesn't really – I mean, that didn't sound right, but you know, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Um, you know, their, their weakness is our strength. Um, that's better. Um, but yeah, Keaton, Keaton's been killing it all year. Rajay has been playing really good too. And I think he's going to get going. Um, I mean, you know, we gotta, we gotta get Holton running, uh, like he's been this past, you know, second half of the season. But yeah, get, like you said, getting the run established, um, this game, that'll be huge. And it'll, it'll be huge to open up, you know, our passing attack against their really good pass defense too. Yeah. The opportunities there, um, and I think we just got to be smart um, with the ball. I, I keep saying it, but, man, is it as important as it ever has been for a matchup this year for us to not turn the ball over and to win that battle. I think this is a huge one. Um, I, I, like you said, and we always say it, Holt needs to run and have success through the run game. That's what makes him dynamic. That's what makes him a nightmare for coaches to prepare against is when he's running the ball. Um, so he's got to do that. He's shown comfortability as the season's go- gone on doing that, and he's going to have to do that. Um, 
and, and I think that if we do those things, we have a really good chance to win. Um, you know, there's tough matchups, obviously, for us. This isn't a, a you know, a foolproof matchup on every end of the – on both ends of the field for the Pirates. Like we said, they're um, – their their O line versus our young interior D line. That's going to be a tough match. Of those guys are going to have to step up. Um, we're going to have to get a lot of pressure on on Yurkovich, make him uncomfortable, make him make mistakes, um, take hits in the backfield, and then offensively, yeah, we just got to establish that run game because our offense can really get into trouble fast if we can't establish that run game, especially when you're going against an elite level pass defense. Um, so yeah, I just think the the biggest key is to make. Boston College um, for our defense anyways, but I do think it's the ultimate biggest key for the game. Um, if there was one thing that I want to see from either side of the ball, um, I want to see our defense make Boston College one-dimensional. I want to see our defense force them to play slow, um, which you, you may say that's going to, you know, what they want to do, but force them to play slow, force them to try and, and just go up the middle. And, and when they don't have success, um, doing that if you can slow them down if you can put them in situations to make them uncomfortable on second and long third and long um then i think that you're just numbers wise you're going to have a much higher success rate against this team um that jake if you don't have anything to add we can run jump straight to our predictions there on the game man yeah no yeah i'm good i want to i want to hear your prediction on this because i've been thinking about it you know a lot i mean i'm still not i'm I'm still not quite sure on mine but I, i got one for now it might change but yeah, we still got some time. We'll talk, you know, this isn't the only time we're going to talk about Boston College. We got what? We got two podcast what at least one more podcast beforehand um b- before this matchup. Um and, and you know, we're not going to go a podcast before the bowl game without talking about the bowl game. So um this, man, these, these, these are the these are the preliminary predictions. Yeah, yeah. We don't don't hold us to these, but <laughs> this is what we got right now. I um I thought a lot about this. I, I think that Boston College, um, you know, I don't think you're going to be able to completely limit their success in the run game. Um, and with that comes um, success in the time of possession for their offense, for their team. Um, so I don't think that ECU's, you know, not even talking about the the matchup against their solid defense. I don't think that we're going to score a ton of points just because I don't know if the opportunity will be there. Um, but I don't think they're going to score a ton of points either. I'm going to say cold day in Annapolis. I don't know how much we're going to be trying to kick field goals. I'm assuming it will be a cold day. Um, I'm going to say 20. I'm going to say 27. 27 to 20 for ECU. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, that's really good. I My – Mine is twenty seven seventeen ECU. I all so, I literally I wish so, I had said that because I was so close. To I was about to that say so really close. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I feel like you know me and you couldn't agree more on this matchup. It's it's a it's a daunting task to play a defense this good, and and they're used to playing in the cold. Um, but I man, I'm I'm just not gonna psych myself out of this one. I really think we're a, a better team. Um, and and you know they got a strong defense, but we got a really strong defense too. Uh, their offense isn't that strong. I, I feel like we have a, a strong offense. And, um, you know, I mean, we definitely can lose this game, but I think they can lose it in a lot. There, there's a lot more ways that they can lose this game than in ways that we can. So I got 27 to 17 right now. Um, I I think I'm – if I change it, I think I I might change it that we score a little bit more. 
Um, honestly, I, I, I'm sticking to like a 10 point victory. I think we're just a better team and, and that's how it's going to go. Yeah, I'm with you. All right. Excited for that one, man. It's going to be a long few weeks before that game. Super yeah. excited, but me and Jake are going to be there. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of pirates are going to be there rooting on the boys. Um, so yeah, with, with that being said, that'll wrap up the bowl game preview for today's episode. Um, let's move on. We still got other football news. The big one that happened between last podcast and now Holton Allers is returning to the pirates. He will be our quarterback, um, for an encore season. Jake, what, what was your initial reaction when you heard that news? Um, initially, uh, I didn't really know. Um, and that, that changed really quick. Initially I was, you know, I, there was a lot of emotions there because obviously uh, if you watch this po- or listen to this podcast, you know how much me and Josh love Mason Garcia. So right away, um, I thought uh, immediately, what, is, what does this mean for Mason? Um, and we still don't really know exactly. Um, we, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, but initially, I didn't really know. Um, but, that, I, you know, five minutes later, um, you know, I was pumped. I saw his video on Instagram. I was pumped. And I really do. I mean, I really think Holton, with Holton coming back next year that we're going to win the conference or, or at least be in a really good position to win the conference. Uh, so, I mean, how can you not be excited about having an opportunity like that? And, and with a leader like Holton, too. Yeah. I, I think that it, it, he no doubt. Early, especially early on next year, gives us the best chance of winning. I think yeah, that yeah. pretty much goes without saying. We've never said anything differently than that. No, yeah, um, yeah. Any, 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 anything we've said about Holton leaving or, or, or something like that hasn't been about Holton at all. It's just about how much exactly. we, we love Mason and, and think he's going to be great in the future. Yeah, um, my initial reaction too was the same. Look, you can't hear that and not be a little excited. Holton yeah. Allers is an ECU legend. He, he, he was a huge um, instrumental piece of the turnaround um, in the rebuild of this team that we're now starting to uh, um, kind of reap what we've sown there in a good way um, and really starting to have that success. He is dynamic. He's an amazing leader. He's a winner, um, extremely clutch guy, and he knows the offense. And, yeah, I mean, it, it, look, it's exciting. It's a good thing. It's a good thing that Holden's coming back. Um, you know, yes, there, there may be implications with that. You know, I, I doubt, I, I doubt that our QB room will look the same next year as it does this year. Yeah. Um, but and directly, we can, first we can talk about Mason with that. Um, real quick, I just want to give the love to Holden. This is good news. I think like Jake said, we are going to be competing for a conference championship next year and Holden coming back is going to be a huge part of that. So we are super excited for that. We showed that on social media. Um, how excited we are. Um, and, and Holton is definitely feeling the love from Pirate Nation. Um, so that being said, to, to kind of dig into what this means for the team or for the QB room outside of Holton next year, um, initially my thought was, Jake was too, and we even said it on the last episode, if Holton stays, Mason's leaving. Um, I still, if you put a gun to my head, I would say that I'd, if I had to choose, then Mason would transfer. But there's been some talk, um, specifically from Mike Houston, um, about Mason Garcia and some good points made. And and there there may be Jake a situation that we didn't account for at all. Um, that would be the absolute best case scenario for ECU football, and that's Holton to stay and Mason to stay. 
Um, and, and that point was made by Houston saying that theoretically, look, Mason came in knowing there was two, two years of holding. Um, and then it was, you know, it was him, obviously, if he performed, which, he, you know, he clearly has enough to be that second guy. Um, the only difference that happened is the COVID year, but Mason got an extra year with that, too. So it's really Mason's not losing any years of eligibility um, with Holton staying, and especially since theoretically he could still left at quarterback. What are your thoughts on the potential, Jake, of Holton and Mason staying Pirates? Um, you know, just I mean, thinking about it, if, if it happens, I'd be thrilled. Um, a, a world that where we can keep both of them, um, that you know, that's awesome. Uh, and and seeing Mike Houston talk about that, you know, makes me think that it's it's more likely than I originally had thought. Um, but I, I'm still not sure how likely it is that Mason stays. I know he wants to play. Um, and, you know, I know he believes in himself and a lot, you know, a lot of people believe in him. Um, and, and I'd read in some threads um, that it, he had talked about um, if, that if Holton came back that he was going to leave. Now, I don't know how true that is. And I don't know if anything has changed. Um, but but kind of like you said, if I had to bet on one, I'd, I'd pick that Mason is probably going to transfer. Um, but I'd be thrilled if he stays. And I think it's more of a possibility than I originally had thought. Um, yeah. And I think there. that also uh, with the, tra- I think if that happened, we would get a transfer QB in to come be back up. Um, you know, obviously I, I don't know a ton about Flynn and Stubblefield and the development of Simmons and those guys, but um, that's just the feeling that I've gotten. Yeah. Um, and look, man, this is still a good situation to have. Um it's a good situation to have a backup QB who is talented enough to potentially transfer somewhere and play next year, even though he's really barely put anything on tape since he's been in school. Um, and it's a really good thing to have one of the best quarterbacks in the conference coming back for another year when you're really not losing many guys at all. So I, I go ahead. Oh, no, I mean, this is just a counterpoint. Just thinking about it, looking towards next year. Um, and, and this wasn't on the pod or I, I probably talked about this on the podcast, but before the season started, I told Josh that I thought Holden was the third best quarterback in the conference behind Desmond Ritter and Dylan Gabriel. Um, and neither of those guys are in the conference anymore. Um, after, after this year, uh, Dylan Gabriel's transferring probably to Ole Miss and uh, Desmond Ritter is going to be drafted high. Um, and then, uh, so, um, and then obviously there's new quarterbacks coming into the American, but um, you know, I just, I, th- I think it puts us in a really good spot. Um but yeah, you can, you can finish what you're saying before I interrupted you. No, I mean, I, I think you're right. Um, I think that we're going to be a really good team next year, and I don't think that you're going to see the slow start from the Pirates that you, you really kind of did this year. I think that you're going to see a team coming in that's clicking, that's a, um, led by as veteran as veteran gets of a QB. Um, and I think this is a good thing. Look, you got to trust the, um, the coaching staff um, on the recruiting trail and the transfer trail going forward after next year, if Mason does leave with Holton, um, I, I trust them. I think that we're going to be in good hands regardless. So um, it, it, there's no reason at all to be upset with Holton returning. I think it's a really good thing. I, I really do. Yeah. Um, I, I'm super excited about it. So um, that being said, well, obviously we're in for an exciting off season in that QB room to see, who goes and who leaves if anybody hopefully nobody goes or who goes and who leaves who goes and who comes obviously (laughs) uh hope nobody goes because i like the qb room how it is mike houston he feels the same way but um since since i just talked about the uh 
coaching staff there. Let's segue into the next the next portion of the podcast, talking about Houston's extension that got done. Man, was that beautiful! Yeah. What's yeah. he? Is he at two point three? I think. Yeah, two point three, which is going to make him the third highest paid in the conference once um, since the UCF and Houston leave, and then UTSA and all the other teams come in. But the only coach who's coming in that's making more than him is Jeff Trailer at UTSA. But, yeah, third in the conference now. Which is crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, <laughs> they, they, they locked him. They didn't want him to go to TCU, so. Yeah. Uh, they locked him up. <laughs> yeah, that, and I, I, think that, um, I think that that's huge. It was just really important for John Gilbert, the AD, to get that done. Show your commitment to football. From what I've heard, the uh, coaching staff is they're all going to get raises as well yeah. or extensions. You know, they're going to be getting paid more too. So I think that that's huge to invest in the football team. And it's going to be big for Pirate Nation to continue to come back out and, and fill that stadium and buy season tickets. I know I will be. Um, yeah. Just to just to support this team, you know, what you invest in the team is what you're you're going to get out of it. So um, I was really proud of our um, administration for getting that done. Um Last tidbit of, of football news. This one's not as positive as the previous ones. We just wanted to talk about it because he got bumped up to a four-star recruit and then pretty much a, right after um, decommitted. That's Caleb Webb at wide receiver. That was a that was a big hit, I think, to the recruiting class. It's going to happen, but that was a bummer. Yeah, it's um, you know, you don't you don't like to see that. Obviously, we've been Caleb Webb's been committed to ECU for a long time, um, and we were one of the first teams to really see his talent and potential. Um, which sucks, man. It really does. Um, to you know, we have a, cal- a player that caliber, and this recruiting class is still really good. Um, but it, it it went from being great to really good, in my opinion. I mean, when you lose a player like Caleb Webb, uh, you know that's how it how it is. But it it, it sucks because, um, you know, we were the first ones to really see that talent. Um, but uh, on the other hand. You know, looking at you know, looking at a lot of the other guys and a lot of guys that we think should be rated higher that we're getting, um, like like guys like Brock Spalding, Brock Spalding um, another yep. receiver that's coming in, um, Nemo Squire. Uh, those guys are you know mid to low three stars. Um, you know that's what Caleb Love was, and, and 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 then he started getting scouted. So I think we are really good at recruiting with with this um, you know coaching staff. I think we're really good at, at finding that talent. So. Um, I think Caleb Webb's really good. I think him being a four-star, you know, he got a lot of buzz, but I think there's still a lot of really good guys um, in our recruiting class that have went under the radar. Um, yeah. And, 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 and I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. Um, not a knock on Caleb Webb, and I know it's it's uh, it's easy to say this after he left, but I would, you know, you can ask Josh. I, I talk about Brock Spalding every day. I was more excited about Brock Spalding than I was about Caleb Webb, um, Dude, honestly. I think, watching I think that kid's film. He's so good, man. He's so it, talented. It, he's so good. He's going to be so good. So I, I think we're still fine. I think we're going to be fine. Yeah, that's the name of the game, man. Um, yeah. Look, Tennessee's yeah. an SEC team. I'm saying Tennessee because I'm pretty sure that's where Caleb He's Webb got – I mean, it's either there or Michigan, right? So, I mean, either, either yeah. way. Um, you know, that's the name of the game. Um, Would have liked to see him stick it out? Yeah, but you can't dwell on that. Uh, best of luck to him. Um, yeah. You know, got to make a decision best on – you yeah, know, how I mean, that he feels best, whether we feel it's best or not, that he feels best. So, um, don't want to be those guys that trash a kid in high school. <laughs> We're not, yeah, no, yeah. That. I mean, at the end of the day, um, you know, yeah, like you said, he's a kid in high school, it's a huge decision, uh, to make. Um, and and I'm sure all he wants to do is is play in the NFL one day. And if he thinks, uh, and, and 
if he thinks playing at Tennessee or, or in the Big Ten will give him that best chance, which it probably will if, if he bets on himself and he thinks he can become, uh, you know, the number one guy in that receiver room. You know, I, you can't you can't hate on a, a kid for, you know, wanting wanting that dream to happen. So, yeah, like you said, best of luck to him. Um, you know, hope it works out. He's a good kid. <laughs> yeah, and like you said, we still got a we we've got a good recruiting class that's only going to get better. Um, that's really going to start getting ramped up here in the coming weeks. Um, and the transfer portal is also, I think, going to be a lot bigger this year than it has been in the past for us. So, um, I think that I think we're we're okay. I think I think we're okay, guys. Don't don't sweat it too much. Um, these things happen, but. Um, yeah, I, I'm just excited, man. We're going to obviously be talking a lot more in the coming podcast about the transfer portal, about the recruits that we have and whatnot after the bowl game once that's done because um, we still got football left. Um, it feels weird. Which, which is weird, but it's <laughs> awesome, man. I'm, I'm antsy, man. I can't freaking wait for that game. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that being said, we'll, we'll wrap up football um, uh, on this episode and, and we'll jump over to uh, basketball and I'll let you, you take the lead on that one, Jake. Yeah. So um, ECU basketball is eight and two right now. Um, you know, it's been a while since we've started that. Well, um, this team, uh, th- there's some things to be really excited about with this team. Um, we've been up and down a bit, uh, but that happens with young teams, especially when you use or lose a player of Jaden Gardner's caliber, uh, we, you know, we didn't even really have too much, too much of an offense outside of feeding Gardner down low and hoping he, he bullies it in. So, um, you know, it's been fun to watch uh, this team develop, especially, you know, from game one to game 10 now. Um, but, you know, going going over the last three games, uh, we had our rematch versus Old Dominion at home. We won that game 63 to 62. Um, definitely didn't play our best um, second half in that game. It was kind of a, uh, continuation of what we talked about on the last podcast of how we would start a game strong then finish slow. Um, we scored 41 the first half and then only 22 um, in the second half, but we were able to hold on to that one um, with Vance Jackson leading the way, 21 points, six boards. Uh, Suggs had 14 and eight, and then Newton had 13. I actually wasn't able uh, to watch that game live, um, but I was following it on Twitter. But I believe, Josh, you watched that one, right? Yeah. Um, well, yeah. What were, what were your thoughts on that? Watching it live. Um, same same stuff that I've been kind of echoing. Um, ECU has had a bad habit in the in the previous years, and especially has shown it in this year. Um, to get out, and it's typically been in the first half to get off to a really hot start to look really good, be firing on all cylinders. The three ball has been a big big addition to this offense this year, which I love. Um, but the second half has not been good. I mean, it really is no other way to say it. We um, have had a ton of games um, like that one where the uh, we just come out flat on both ends of the floor in the second half. We let teams come back into it. Uh, we go on these big scoring drafts, and that's something that we're really going to have to figure out going into conference play because um, – uh, that that's 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 fine against ODU and that's fine against Coppin State and um, you know Canisius if that's how you say that. Yeah, however, um, yeah, and he, and even Gardner Webb these type of teams. But once you get into conference playing the American, it's not going to be the same. You're really going to have to start putting together two good halves of basketball. So that's been my biggest worry. That's the thing that jumps out to me the most um, about this team is um, you know just putting together two good halves of basketball. 
Yeah. No, yeah. We um yeah, that's been our struggle all year. Um up until this point. We in in we you know, we'll talk about it in a second. We started to uh change that a, a bit or or at least, you know, flip our halves. Um usually it's a good first half and a bad second half, but um, you know, just going into this uh the next game, the Gardner Webb game. Um it was kind of the opposite. Um I was actually at that game in person. Uh we only scored twenty three points in the first half. We were down twenty seven to twenty three. Came out, scored 39 in the second half, limited them to 25. Um, obviously, you know, looking at that, we they, Gardner-Webb only scored 52 points. Uh, our defense played really well, uh, but we couldn't get any offense going in the first half. Um, but it was nice to see us make that halftime adjustment. Um, you know, I liked how we were able to come up strong in the second half um, and really put them away. They were hanging around for a while, uh, but we put them away. Um, Vance Jackson couldn't really get going. He, he's a guy that I think is going to be – really uh, or, or I won't say he's a guy who I think really will because he already has been um, when he plays good I feel like we play good um, I think he's a really big a big player for us um, but you know Tristan Newton and JJ Miles um, and Suggs all had double digits um, Felton played good too off the bench he's a guy that I've been really excited about um, watching play um, but you know that's that's a tough game against a decent team I'm not going to sit here and say Gardner Webb um, is a great team because they're not but they're they're not bad um, by any means so so it was nice to see us come on strong at the end there what do, what do you think about that one yeah I um if you had to have uh one good half of basketball I would I would rather be the second half um which is what we did there look you know Gardner Webb uh like you said you know they're solid um for what they are um but um we really just came out super flat in that first half 23 points against Gardner Webb is unacceptable um, and Joe Dooley would be the first one to tell you, and those guys would be the first one to, you know, the first ones to tell you that. Um, but the second half, you know, we dominated, dominated like them, like we should. Um, I, I, I thought that, um, I thought Brandon Suggs played a nice game. Um, 12, 12 points, three rebounds, two assists. And defensively, he's been really good this year. Yeah. Brandon Suggs is a guy that I love. I, I think he's a really important piece of this team and he's a really consistent piece of this team. Um, J.J. Miles, yeah, five of nine from three in that game. He was only able to score from three, but that's okay. Uh, when you, when you yeah, make five we'll of them, it. he he was big. He was big in that game, and he he's been really impressive um, as the season has gone on. And then obviously Tristan Newton. Tristan Newton's always good. I think he had three steals in that game and a block. Um, so just all over the floor. What even if Tristan Newton isn't scoring twenty points a game, thirty points a game. Um, what he's able to do leading this leading this Pirates team um, and, and what he's been able to do consistently all year, it's been really impressive. So, yeah, that game, um, super frustrating in the first half, not so much in the second half. We were able to put him away um, and kind of wake up. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you, by the way, on Felton. Uh, I love that kid. Yeah, I mean, dude, he's, he's, he's going to be so special, much, man. So much energy. I was telling you when we were watching uh, the game, uh, the uh, Davidson game together, I believe, at your – your house. I was telling yeah. you, he reminds me so much of Colin Sexton, uh, the way he plays. Um, but uh, that shot, um, it's, it's going to develop. You know, it, it takes time when it, when you're making that adjustment from high school to college. But man, once he starts really getting comfortable with that, you know, three point shot, um, that mid range shot, dude, I think he's going to be so special because, I mean, he's getting put into game, games in high leverage situations now. I mean, he's playing 20 minutes a game. Uh, you know, he's getting put in. He's playing really well, especially on the defensive end. So, um, you know, you can't you can't not be excited watching a kid play with that much energy. Big athletic, um, you know, guard. And he and my favorite thing about his game 
um, besides the the hustle is just the fearlessness, man. Yeah, he plays, with he plays so hard, man. That's what we need. Yeah. He he was a guy that went went a bit under the radar um, when he was getting recruited, which I'm I'm thankful for because um, yeah. <laughs> I I think we got a steal there. Uh, but moving over to the A and T game, um, I was at that game as well. Um, that 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 was awesome. I walked in. Um, I was running a little bit late. I got there actually right before tip off, um, and I had trouble finding a seat. You know where all the students were sitting. I saw a figure on Twitter. We had uh, over one thousand one hundred student or students there at the game. Um, I think total there was 4,000 4, fans there or just under it. So um, really good attendance for that game. There was a lot of energy um, in the arena. Uh, we had a bit of a slow start the first few minutes, but it, I think that was by far our most complete game. We played good. We were up 37-30 after the first half, and then uh, we outscored them 45-41 to the second half. And a lot of those points for them, or not a lot of them, but – um, it, it, it wasn't that close, really, in the second half. They scored a lot um, on on our freshmen that we put in at the end of the game. Um, but, you know, I think we played really well, um, which was nice to see. I think that was really our first game where I thought we played good in both halves. Um, and just to give a few of the guys shout-outs, Vance Jackson was cooking all night, 23 points. Seemed like he couldn't miss, and he added eight rebounds to that. Uh, J.J. Miles went for 20 and also had nine rebounds. Um, which I knew he had a lot uh, in the game, but, you know, I didn't realize he was so close to a double-double. Um, we had Tristan Newton, obviously, you know, he's going to get his. He had 14 and eight assists, uh, which was really nice to see. Uh, Tremont Robinson had 11. Um, he added five rebounds, too. And then Brandon Johnson was really close to 10. He had eight points. Uh, there was one time at the end of the game where Vance had the ball, and uh, Brandon Johnson was wide open under the basket. Um, and, and he just didn't pass it to him. And he seemed a little frustrated because I think he wanted to get uh, into double digits too. But um, yeah, I thought, I thought we played really well that game. What do you, what do you think about that one, Josh? I, I love that game. Um, I love that game for a number of reasons. One real quick, I wanted to touch on it. That was funny when all the uh, freshmen got into the game. Dude, man, uh, <laughs> it, it was, it was tough, man. They, they were t- doing, they were doing mosher dirty. They, they really were. They There's kept giving him – he's not a ball handler. And especially, like, that's, like, the first time he's really – I mean, he's gotten into a couple of games, but there was there was a couple of guards on the floor, and they were just giving him the ball. And he was also getting fouled. I was about I, to say. I, I don't know if y'all could see it as much on TV. I was no, right was there obvious. next to it. He was getting fouled literally every time he had the ball, and it just wasn't getting called. So, little, 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 little shout-out to him there. It wasn't all his fault there. Yeah, that's something that you see uh, happen for some reason. It, it, I'll never understand it, but um, yeah, when when guys like that come in in that situation, when all the freshmen come in because the game's out of hand for the other team, you see refs just for some reason stop calling the game um, one way, and and you know poor Masha really, you know, it wasn't all him, but he he got the brunt of it because like you said, he kept getting the ball and he was just getting fouled and. The rest were just sitting there looking at him saying, do something about it. And it's like, yeah. what am I, I'm getting triple teamed. Yeah. These guys are slapping me on the arm. Eventually, they're going to take it from me. But anyway, uh, just a funny tidbit there. But, yeah, that that was my favorite game of the year so far. A&T, they're not a great team, but they played competitive all yeah, they've, year. They've lost to some good teams, too. Yeah, they played competitive all year, and they've had a tough non-conference schedule. And um, – to, that that was the first time that I saw ECU since the very beginning of the year um, play two good halves of basketball. Like you said, got off to a slow start. It looked like same old, same old. But they, they turned it around, shot the ball well. 
um, behind Vance Jackson, who has just been fantastic, especially in that game. Uh, 23 points, eight rebounds, two assists. Um, and, and, and JJ Miles is best game of the year. 20 points, nine nine rebounds, hit three threes. He was he was all over the place. Newton with eight assists is insane. Um, but yeah, I I, I I enjoyed that game a lot. I, I really have been wanting to see two good halves of basketball be put on tape for the CCU team, and I think it couldn't have come at a better time because we got Liberty next, and Liberty's a good basketball team. Yeah. So um, to get this game under their belt, and then you got a week to go prepare, um, I, I think that was huge for these guys. Um, and I think that uh, I, I think it couldn't have come at a better time because, um, you know, we got a tough test coming up, and then, and then we're getting ready to go into conference play. So they really need to um, – put some good tape on for a full game uh, i i enjoyed that game thoroughly um and uh also yeah i i didn't touch on it but you did uh the the fans showing out the, for a tuesday game against a and t non-conference that was awesome and i think that yeah. just shows um how much pirate nation is, is uh willing to get behind these teams and and how much excitement there is within um ecu athletics as a whole amongst this fan base um I think that's I think that's huge, and that that goes to show that look if the, if this Pirates basketball team is competitive, man, um, whether we're known as a basketball school or not, it doesn't matter. Um, you know the the students are going to be there, um, and, and there nothing would make me happier than for this ECU Pirates team to finally be you know really competitive for a full season and and play well in conference. So I, I think that was huge. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely, and like you said, uh, we got a big test coming up against Liberty here soon. Uh, that's a really Really solid basketball program, um, and we'll learn a lot about our team, team of that. But before we talk about that, um, just want to give you a chance. Is there any uh, players on our team who stood out to you so far in the first 10 games? I I honestly, and, and it's an obvious one, I've got a couple. Um, one, yeah. I knew Vance Jackson. We talked about him coming in. He was going to be a stud. Yeah. There's no doubt there. That, that guy's good. Uh, he's played a lot of college basketball, and um, he, he's gotten it done. Uh, so far for the Pirates and I, he's only getting better and it, if we can have him coming in and being a, a dynamic guy on the offensive end um, I think that's that's going to be huge especially you know losing Gardner um, in the offseason um, but I have been absolutely amazed with how special Tristan Newton has looked yeah you knew the intangibles were there um, a big lanky athletic guard like him is exactly where basketball is going. Um, and and the, the way that he's led this team, 18 points a game, five assists, four rebounds, um, you know, and he's he's uh, doubling up his, assist, you know, two-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio, shooting 50% from the field and shooting well at the free throw line and shooting just under 40% from three. What more can you ask from this kid? He's all over the place. He, yeah. he, he's he's getting a, a steal and a half a game too. I mean, he, Tristan Newton has really, really turned into – turned into a stud man and and i can see this guy if he keeps playing the way he is especially in conference play i mean this guy's got a chance man this guy's got a chance to go i, I have loved loved what i've seen from tristan newton man he he is that that kid's a star yeah no he's he's so good um and and we we knew the talent was there he had a a bit of a rough year last year um he, he still played solid but uh you know you watch him play and and you knew what he was capable of. And he, um, you know, I, from all the reports I was reading this offseason, he was really taking training seriously, when, you know, and once Gardner was leaving, uh, you know, there was a leadership role there uh, that, you know, needed to be filled. And I, and I heard he was working on that a lot. So I was excited to see him play, but he, you know, 
I don't even think anyone could have expected this. Um, the the uh, the efficiency he's had with the volume that he's had has has been ridiculous, and I think he's proving uh, to be one of the best guards, if not, or, or yeah, definitely one of the best guards in this conference. Um, yeah, so to see him play, to play that way has been awesome. Someone who's really stood out to me has been Brandon Johnson. Um, you know, the mm-hmm. JUCO transfer. He's he's coming this year. Um, and, and, and been a huge player for us. He's averaging seven points a game, 8.1 rebounds. Um, you know, he can play the four and the five. Um, and, and I just love watching him play. Um, I think it makes us really dynamic. Um, and, and he can also shoot a bit outside too, um, shoot some jump shots, which we've been wanting from our, our bigger guys. So he's been, he's been really fun to watch, watch for me. Um, any of the, uh, any of the freshmen? I know, I know some of them haven't played too much. Any, anyone sticking out to you there? Well, like I said, um, the big one and the obvious one, first of all, I, I love that you uh, you gave um, Brandon Johnson a shout-out because the how big it is for us, and this has been something ECU has been lacking, to have a guy that can play the five. You know, he's a power forward, but he can also play the five. And, and to be that big and physical, but also talented on the offensive end, um, not just the defensive end, that's been something that ECU um, has been missing. And uh, he he he's been awesome, and, and to see him just continue to to further his role um, in this offense, uh, it, it's exciting, man. It's exciting. Um, you know, obviously we're getting we're getting Ludgy back. Um, you know, and Ludgy's our five, and you know he's a big dominant presence on the defensive end. But um, to have Brandon Johnson, that's been huge. So I, I really you know just wanted to give him an additional shout out there. But yeah, R.J. Felton, man, that's got to be the guy, right? Yeah. I mean, He's he he's just he pops when he's in there, and um, you know it's not just on the defensive end. He's a, he's plays he, he's got insane hustle, but he's also um, his drive he's, that he had in that in that last um, matchup in, in the last game we played that that drive that he had, and, and we posted it um, you know on our uh, on, on our Twitter account against A and T. He had one drive where, I mean, my goodness, he just made the entire defense miss, ended with a Euro, um, laying the ball in. That kid, that kid is is, is going to be special. And I think that for um, a team that's got some transfers and, and you know, a, a guy who's played, been on the team um, in Newton and a guy in, in JJ, those guys who have been on the team, the continuity there, um, and, and, you know, and you got some veteran college players, to have that, that freshman – kid that's starting to pop and stand out um is really just big for for ecu and i i just i've been super impressed with him yeah no he's a yeah we've been talking about him a bit he's such a special such a special player um and i'm i'm excited to see him develop um and continue to you know grow as a player get that shot really going and and once he once he gets that um and and gets his you know IQ up a little bit, just playing at the college level. He's going to be ridiculous. Um, so that's going to be fun to watch for a while. Um, one more person uh, that I wanted to share else, um, you know, feel free. But just before before we head off this this part of the basketball uh, segment is J.J. Miles. Um, you know, it was thought before the season started that he was going to be the sixth man, uh, which we've seen him in that role a lot, and he's really good in that role. Um, obviously, Winston Tabs has been hurt all year. Um, and, and JJ's been thrust in the starting lineup, uh, but he's, you know, he's played really well, averaging nine points a game, um, you know, from the uh, three-point line. And um, 
you know, like like last game, he had nine boards. So he's he's played really well. Um, he's having fun out there. Um, if you saw my tweet um, that I completely butchered because I was trying not to miss any action in the game and autocorrect was <laughs> was being horrible. Um, you know, he's joking with the fans. He's, he's joking with the rest. He's 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 been it's, it's been really nice to see him step up in that role, um, you know, in the starting lineup and not not let us miss a beat there. Um, Love JJ. Love JJ. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a beast. So, um, you know, and, and and if we didn't name a player, um, that's not necessarily that they haven't been doing well. Um, like guys like Brandon Suggs, you know, me and Josh both love Brandon Suggs, but he's playing great. Um, and and we expected it. You know, uh, he he's he's a special player. So, um, you know, th- there's a few guys like that. Um, him, Vance Jackson, Tremont. You know, they're they're playing really well too. Um, but you know, we're just playing well as a whole. Um, honestly, you know, there's stuff we can improve on. Um. But we are improving, and that's something I wanted to talk about, Josh. What? How do you feel about the improvement, um, and also the new, the improvement within the new play style uh, that we've had this year? I love it, and, and I and I know Joe Dooley loves it, and it's been his vision from the start to get this really big physical group. I mean, we are a huge team. Um, to to see them operating and go through stretches where they look really good, um, you know, not only not only defensively being being big and physical and seeing that um cause problems for the opposition but also from behind the arc um, yeah the just the pre- that presence hasn't been there for ec basketball in, in a long time and, and to see them having that success i think it's been huge um so yeah I, i'm stoked about the progress that this team's made and, and i look to see them continue to grow because um competition's only going to get harder a lot harder and um, but I, I think that with the raw talent that this team has, they can really make some noise. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think just, you know, it's a lot of guys who haven't played too much basketball together. Um, so I, I, and, and a lot of guys stepping up in roles that they haven't been asked to be in. Uh, so I, I think, you know, like you said, as the season goes along, um, we're only going to see them get more comfortable and, and, and playing better uh, together. But, um, you know, m- moving on from that, uh, looking at the Liberty matchup, we, we're both really excited about this one. Um, you know, Liberty's got some good scores, um, especially Darius McGee's averaging 18 points a game. Um, they're a solid team. They're five and three right now. They've lost to some some pretty good teams, including LSU. Um, Josh, what are you what are you thinking about this one? Just you know, this is uh, um, this is a good team, man. They they started off slow. They started off one and three. Um, you know, lost to LSU. Got got whooped in that one. Um, you know, understandably. Um, but they're, they're on a four game win streak and they, and they've shown that they can blow teams out. Yeah. Um, blew out Mizzou and blew out. I think it was, who was it? Was it, um, Delaware state? Yeah. Um, who's the bad team, but, but still blowing out still, teams yeah, no, isn't you... easy to do. Um, and, and they've done that. Um, they got one more game, uh, or two more games actually before, before they play us. Um, I think that uh, I think that we're going to really have to prepare and be ready for this team because this team's hot. Obviously, we don't know what's going to happen over the next two couple of games. Um, they've got some some really talented scorer, Darius McGee, averaging 18 points a game, and Keegan McDowell, who's a lights out scorer, dude. Yeah, um, shooting over 50. percent Yeah, I was going to say 53 yeah. percent from the free throw line. 90 three from the line. line. Yeah, not, yeah, not yeah. No, throw, no, you got point. that right. Yeah, 53 percent from the three pointer. Um, 90% from free throw, free throw, 56%. He's averaging 12 points a game. Um, you know, this team, this team's talented and, and, um, you know, it's absolutely a test. And I think it's a test that, um, our guys are probably wanting, um, 
in, in need before conference play starts. So, um, you know, obviously as a fan, it, it's worrisome. You know you're playing against a good team, um, but also it's exciting. And I think that if you're able to notch a win over Liberty in, in non-conference play, I think that that would be a, a big, big win for this team. And we're going to have a lot of time to prepare for them. Yeah. No, yeah, we have a lot of time there. Um, I think I think there's some good matchups for us. Um, you know, their leading rebounder um, is only averaging, I believe, five rebounds per game, 5.4. Um, that's Blake Preston. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there's opportunity there for us. We just got to keep, you know, spreading spreading the floor, um, you know, hitting, hitting some shots and uh, uh, just really kind of trying to have a diversified attack because this Liberty team, is, is they've been there um, before. You know, they're, they're a solid program. Um, so it, it's going to be a big test. I don't have a prediction for this. Um, I didn't prepare one. I didn't ask Josh to prepare one because, like Josh said, they still have two more games before this. And honestly, I have no idea. Um, I still yeah, don't, who knows? I don't really know exactly what we are. I'm excited. Um, it's been fun to watch. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm, ex- I'm just excited for that game. I think it's going to be a good game. Um, you know, I hope we play them like we did Oklahoma. Because um, that is one thing I will say about this ECU team. I feel like – uh, they, you know, they can play to the level of their competition. And, and, and when you're playing a good team, that's a good thing. Uh, so, um, yeah. but yeah, mo- moving on from that, um, looking at the conference, Josh, well, how, how are you feeling about the way our conference is shaping up and where we fit in all of that? It's tough, man. It's tough. Look, obviously we're having um, a better season to this point than a lot of the conference, but non-conference playing college basketball is that way. Uh, yeah. That, you know, it, it's tough. It's tough to read. Um I think we're second in the conference right now at eight and two. Houston obviously is the top of the conference. That team is elite. Yeah. Uh, but I think that there, uh, there, there's definite opportunity for this ECU team to uh, to to rise from the bottom of the conference that that we've been at for so long, and to really, um, you know, put together some 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 wins in in the conference. And uh, I, I think that I, I think that the opportunity is really there for ECU to um to have a positive record this season and, and to end uh end the year in the in the middle of the conference and it look if everything goes well in the year you know in the in the top half of the conference i think the opportunity is there which is which is not something you've been able to say um before this season yeah um just you know just looking at the conference uh when it comes to basketball and i mean you, you know you can divide this even more but i like to um split the conference up into four tiers uh, first tier being, uh, you know, teams that I think have a chance to win it all. Um, and and the, there's two teams in our conference that I think have that power. Obviously, Houston's really good. And uh, I know Memphis is sitting at five and three right now, but that team's way too talented um, to, to for me to put them in any other tier. If they had to move down a tier, it would be into the next one. Um, but I'm, I'm keeping them there because, um, like Josh said, non-conference play, you, you take everything with a grain of salt. Um and they played some tough teams. So the, I have those two um, in that tier. Second tier is like tournament hopefuls. Um, that's Wichita State, Cincinnati, SMU um, for me. Um, and, and then the third tier being fringe tournament teams. I mean, I, I think we're somewhere in that. I don't know if I'd put us ahead. I have UCF, um, Temple, and us in that tier. I don't, I don't know where we really fall in uh, there. But I, we're somewhere in there, which is, you know, better than we have been. Um, and there's, there's also room for us to move, you know, up and down. Um, so, um, you know, there's that. But and then, and then the fourth tier, I have Tulsa, South Florida, and Tulane. I, I don't see too much too much there. But, um, 
Yeah, I, you know, I see us somewhere around the middle of the conference. I just mainly with this team, I just want to see improvement, um, which we have. But um, you know, it, it'd be really nice to go to some form of tournament, whether that's uh, the NIT or CIT or um, God willing, the NCAA tournament. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's kind of how I break it down. I'm with you. I, I think you probably nailed it there. Um, obviously, you know, there's still a lot of questions about this ECU Pirates team that we'll only find out as the season goes on. It's tough in non-conference playing college basketball to really peg where you're at. Um, but I, I think that the potential is there um, to be a solid a solid team this season. And I think that's all you can ask for right now. Yeah. No, yeah, I completely agree. Um, but, you know, that being said, um, you know, we appreciate you guys listening to this one. It's been a been a long episode, but we covered a lot, you know, went really in depth on Boston College in that bowl game. Um, then we had some really exciting stuff, uh, we, you know, with Holden and, and Mike Houston that we had to talk about. And then um, this basketball coverage, but we're feeling good. Um, you know, I, you know, I, I guess I can only speak for myself, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure Josh feels the same way. Um, you know, ECU athletics are looking up. You know, our baseball team's obviously always a bright spot, but and for a while that was kind of only it. But football's back. Um, I will say that now. Uh, we're not where we're going to be, but we are. We are back. You know, we're we're a good team now. And then and then basketball. Um, there's some exciting stuff going on there. So, um, you know, that being said, thank you for listening. Um, I hope y'all enjoy this time before the bowl game. I hope you guys can make it to the bowl game. Um, and as always, roll pirates. <laughs>